Thank you, Father. We give you glory and honor. We thank you for your word that's going to come this morning. We yield our lives to you. We pray that the Spirit of God will speak and minister to each and every one of us. Yank us out of our lethargic state. And we pray, O oh God, that our love and our passion for you will be active, vibrant, and robust, Lord. Thank you in advance for what we're going to do. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in the name of Jesus. Every critical spirit be still. Today we take victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. They overcame the enemy. Hallelujah. By the blood of Jesus and the word of the testament. So be it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Returning to Matthew chapter 5. Everybody knows by now what we are reading and what we are ministering, right? Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Amen. Please be seated. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Today's message is titled, Really? Praise the Lord. Today's message is titled, Really? Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, really? Well, if you told me, I would ask you, really. If I told you, you would ask me, really. But Jesus is saying, so I say, yes, really. Praise the Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Praise the Lord. I want to ask a question this morning. Can we really see God? Is it possible to see God? Is it really possible to see God? Have you seen him? What is it just a myth? When you read the Bible, the Bible says no man has seen God. If that's the case, Jesus is saying that you shall see God. You will see God. Praise the Lord. So no man has seen God. Do you know where this statement is written? No man has seen God. Hmm? Now, The Bible also tells us that God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Can you see spirit? Man is made of three components. Spirit, soul, and body. 
We can see the body component. We can touch. Then there is a soul component in man, which is a seat of mind, emotion, and will. With our thoughts, with our minds, we can exchange our thoughts and our ideas and we can connect and we can interact. But there is a spirit element in man. The Bible scholars call man is a trichotomy. The spirit element is not visible to man. Jesus says God is a spirit in his interaction, conversation with the woman at the well. God is a spirit. And God who is a spirit, you cannot see him with your physical, visible eye. Besides that, Paul writing to the Romans, he says that God is, Paul writing to Timothy says, God is invisible. God is invisible. And he also says God is one who lives in unapproachable light. God lives in unapproachable light. Sun is creation of God. S-U-N. You go out and you gaze into the sun. How long can you gaze? Not too long. If you cannot gaze into sun, which is a creation of God, do you think with our naked eye, we can gaze into sun, S-O-N, Jesus? So God is a spirit. But Jesus is saying you can see God. In that case, if this is what the scripture is saying. That no man can see God. God is invisible. God lives in unapproachable light. God is a spirit. How come Jesus says that man can see God? How is it that we are able to see him? The Bible says God reveals himself to us. Praise the Lord. Come with me. God reveals himself to us. Praise the Lord. So when you read the scripture, the theologians call, it's a term they use, theophany. Theo God, phany, the appearances of God. In the Old Testament, God appeared to the men of God. Visible appearances of God. It's recorded in the scripture in the Old Testament. For example, point in case, the appearance to Abraham. The interaction, the conversation between Abraham and the three visitors that he had. One of them he addresses as Lord. And the Bible, as it unveils, the Lord speaking to him. Praise the Lord. In Exodus chapter 3, the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush. 
Praise the Lord. Theophany. Some Bible scholars call it the pre-existent appearance of Christ. Either way, God appears or God reveals himself to man. Number one. Number two, incarnation. God in flesh. The gospels unveil it. Paul in his writing to the Philippians talks about it, makes it very clear. Jesus Christ, the son of God, praise the Lord. Paul writing to the Colossians makes it very clear. He's the exact representation of the invisible God. 115. 2.9 Colossians. In Christ, for in Christ, the fullness of Godhead dwelt in bodily form. So God reveals himself to us. Physically, man with his human eye is not able to see God who is a spirit. But God reveals himself to us through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Next one, Christophan. An appearance or non-physical manifestation of Christ. Point in case, at the gate of Damascus, Saul had an encounter with Jesus. The Bible says at noontime, the light appeared from heaven, knocks him down of the horse that he's riding. He asks, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul looks, don't see no one. He says, Lord, who are you? The voice says, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Christophany, praise the Lord. So God appears to man, reveals himself to us. The writer of Hebrews says that God in the last days is speaking to us, spoken to us in various diverse ways and manners. But in this last day, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, the question is, can we? You, me, us. Can we really see him? That's the question that we need to answer. The answer is, at present, now, you and I, we can behold him through fellowship in the word and in the spirit. Praise the Lord. That's why we keep saying it's important for us to dig, dive into God's word. Praise the Lord. As you meditate in the scripture. As you read about Jesus, as you read about the life, the ministry of Jesus, as you read about the works of Jesus, as the word of God becomes lively in your study room, in your prayer room, in your worship, in your fellowship, praise God, you can see and experience him in a new dimension. Praise the Lord. At times, according to his divine purpose, God may use various methods to appear to us. For his purpose, God may employ supernatural appearances. 
Now, this is not a regular occurrence. But God may choose the timings, the number of times. That is something that he chooses. But today, at present, I said, we dig into God's word and we can see him through the scripture and through the revelation that the spirit of God gives to us. God can also employ supernatural appearances in our life. Number three, praise the Lord. We shall see God in prison when he shall come back. When Jesus comes back, when the rapture takes place, we shall see him, the Bible says, face to face. Wow. Praise God. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know. Does that excite you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Finally, the Bible also teaches that we shall see him in eternity. Praise the Lord. Who shall see him? Jesus is putting the precondition. He's saying it's a blessed state for who's going to see him? The pure in heart. The pure in heart shall see who? Shall see God. The pure in heart. Now, what comes to your mind? Somebody says, pure. Tell me, what comes to your mind? Somebody says, pure. Say it. Huh? I'm sorry? Innocent, innocent, thank you. Understanding. Okay. What else? You know, I talk to people with the with the mask. Now I understand why they don't understand when I talk to people with the mask on. Okay, when the when the words are muffled, it's very hard, and then I think I have a little. Okay. So pure, we all have a picture that comes to our mind when we hear the term pure. And for some reason, we are consumers. We are consumers, right? We are consumers. We consume all kinds of stuff. As consumers, whether it's products or produce, we go to the supermarket, pick up a fruit. What do you guys do? Pick up the fruit, throw it in your bag? What do you guys do? Yeah. What are we looking for? <laughs> we, you know, we take a good look at it and, you know, the merchants are smart too. What do they do now? They not only spray, man, they wax it. Have you seen apples? Man, I have an apple sitting there for two weeks in my home and it's still looking nice. Glaze on it. Because they know what we're looking to. So when we pick up a produce, a fruit, a vegetable, we make sure that it's, it's, not, it's not in any way damaged. There is no cuts on it. Because if there is a cuts on it, we wonder what happened, who cut it. You know, is, is it an insect or is it a man? And there's COVID going on and people are so careful. One of my friends met a fellow believer. Wanted to stretch his hand to shake hands with him. The guy said, no, it's COVID season. I don't know. We all are exempt from doing it. But then bumped into him in, in Upna Bazaar. He's going through every fruit taken. He just, my friend just went behind him and said, 
I just touched all those fruits. It's real, right? We carefully examine it. Now you go and buy products, regardless of what it is, appliance or, or electronics. We want to make sure. In fact, there is a QC in every, in every company. There is a QC, a quality check. Because people want the best, so purity is pushed. But unfortunately, purity is not as, as easily available as it is advertised. I remember myself and, and Jasmine, my wife, we, one day we decided to just take a road trip. So we just got into our vehicle and we just, just went all the way to the east, just simply driving. This is pre-COVID. And as we were driving, you know, if you know, ex around exit 52, 53, there is a new uh, huh, a stopover. Huh? It's a new uh, rest area. That's right, rest area. It's, it's, it's designed by one of our believers, if you don't know. Not somebody in our church, somebody in our neighboring church. We went there, it was brand new, everything was new, and we were just, just, just walking around. We just bumped into it, we just walked into a store, and there was something up there, and it says, pure honey, right from the farm in Long Island. We looked at it, it looked like unusually good. There were not much label, it said they just came from the farm, and pure we paid top dollars for it, brought it home, left it there. In two weeks, we realized that it's not all that what is promised. So a lot of purity that the people push on, whether it's products or appliance or whatever it is, it's not truly 100% pure. And we as human beings, we are not able to gauge them, discern them, and realize how much of it is really pure. Because we have limitations. But him, God, he says, those who are pure in heart. So the purity that God looks I want to put it like this. It's out of this world. Because the purity that we push us has its limitations, has its shortcoming. Pure. So what does it mean? Purity. God is searching for purity in our life and in our relationship with him. Think about this. In our life, personal life, you know, most of our life is hidden, right? There is an exhibited part of our life and there is a, a hidden part of our life. So God is looking us in and out. That which is public, that which is private. And is looking for a heart that is pure. So what does that mean? Then the Bible says he's looking for purity 
pure in heart, what is he saying? A pure heart, a pure-hearted person is one whose motives are unmixed, whose thoughts are holy, whose conscience is clean. Unmixed. Kataros, Greek term, kataros, meaning unadulterated. The picture that it carries is those who come from the east. You know, when milk is given or milk is supplied, they add water in it. Those who come from Middle East would know in wine, they try to hide, they try to mix water in it to bump up the quantity and sell it. I don't know if they do it here, but that's what it means. So pure, as the Bible says, kataros means unmixed. So coming to us, it means unmixed or pure motives. Listen to this. I could be standing here and preaching. And I could be saying a lot of stuff. Only myself and God knows the motives behind every word that I preach. It's not everything that is exhibited shouldn't, could not be pure in its motives. We as human beings, the most noblest of our act has the potential to be non-kosher. Only God knows. Our good deeds could be done with the most evil intentions. Think about it. The good that we are pushing, the good that we are promoting, the good that we are propagating does not need to be 100% pure. All a man's ways seems innocent to him, but the Lord weighs the motives of his heart. So in other words, it's not just what's displayed. It's not what is said. The Lord weighs the motives of a heart. So pure heart, when God looks, he looks not only at the outcome, but the intention behind the outcome. And our hearts have the potential to deceive us. Forget about deceiving others. Forget about deceiving others. Jeremiah puts it like this, about all else, the heart is the most deceitful thing. Who can understand it? In other words, our hearts have the potential to deceive us. Woo! To deceive us into believing that which is wrong. To deceive us into believing that which we are doing. That which is not right is right. Potential to deceive us. Unless we orient ourselves to the word of God. And live a life that is pleasing to him. Unless we yield ourselves to the spirit of God. We are not. We will not be able to detect it. 
Praise God. So purity, God is looking for a pure heart. And we need to know that essentially only God is 100% pure. It's a quality that's found in God and only in God himself in its optimum. Praise the Lord. So a pure heart, as the Bible says, is one whose motives are unmixed, whose thoughts are holy, whose conscience is clean. Wow. Praise the Lord. A pure heart is one not distracted by the things of the world. Listen to this. We get so easily distracted. Don't we get easily distracted while you're driving? We get distracted. When we are in the church, we get distracted. When you're doing the most noblest thing, we get distracted. But here, in our relationship, distractions can come. The world is always alluring us to itself. And there is always that distraction. So I want to call it the splintered devotion to God. God in our service to him wants our service to be single-minded. But unfortunately, there is this appeal that comes from all around. The glamour, the glitter that the world throws at us. So I want to put it like this. In the word, in the world. In the word, in the world. In and out of the word and the world. We dig to the word, but then we step out. The world is alluring us, beckoning us, calling us. So we get distracted. Praise God. Paul writing to the Corinthians put this like this. I am afraid that the enemy, the serpent will deceive you from your love towards Jesus. Splintered. Devotions, praise God, hallelujah. But pure in heart are those who has done what? Put their trust in God, praise God, hallelujah. If we have to reach the, the, the arena that God wants us to, it can only start when we put our trust in God. At the finished work on the cross of Calvary. That's where it's going to start. We cannot just simply achieve it by our own strength. Hallelujah. Pure in heart are those who inwardly clean from sin through faith in the provision of God. The provision that you see on the cross. The provision that is available for us. 
through the shed blood of Jesus. The provision that is available for us through the cleansing of, the, of, of our lives, through the word of God, the water of God's word. The provision that is available for us as the Holy Spirit works in us, convicts us of anything that falls of the standards of God. Praise God. This is how Duncan puts it. The desire for a heart purity is creation of the Holy Spirit at work in the heart. The Holy Spirit gives that desire within us. Holy Spirit, praise the Lord for purity. Praise God. Hallelujah. Without Jesus Christ, without his work, without his presence, without his provision, there is no such thing. As a pure heart, that's where we start. Praise the Lord. But then there is something called purity in our practical day-to-day -day life. Purity in our practical day-to-day -day life. Praise the Lord. What is the practical steps to purity in our lives? Practically, God wants us to live a life that is pure. Praise the Lord. This, the desire comes from God and God gives us the provisions so that we can have a heart that is pure before him. But in our everyday life, we have to be proactive. What does that mean? Simple steps. Praise the Lord. Look at this. Number one, what do you read? What do you read? I know Wall Street, the Wall Street Journal. The New York Times, the Time Magazine, good. What else do you read? Does that enhance and enrich your relationship with him? Number two, what do you watch? What do you watch? Ask yourself, what do you watch? What do you watch? Things are so easily available now, right? You don't have to be glued to your TV. You could be in your room. You could be using your PC or your iPad, your iPhone, whatever it is. What do you watch? Does that draw you to him or does it push you away from him? Does that help you to keep a heart that is clean and pure? Or does it defile your heart? Praise the Lord. What do you think? Meaning, how's your thought life? What do you entertain in your thought life? Well, what do you read? What do you watch? All these things play a role in your thought life. What kind of thoughts go through your mind? Are they kosher? Well, that's something only you would know it. And of course, he does. You think the closest person that's sitting next to you, you think that person knows your thoughts? What do you think? I don't want to make you feel, guys, uncomfortable. But can you look into the person who's sitting next to you, look into their eyes? Say only good thoughts. 
only good thoughts. Praise the Lord. God wants us to entertain good thoughts. And if we have to have good, clean, holy thoughts, then we have to dig into what? Things which are clean. What you feed into your system is what's going to entertain in your system, in your mind. What do you do? Your activities. What are the kind of activities that we get involved in? Ask yourself. The question that we need to ask ourselves is, does it contaminate our mind and defile our mind, our thoughts? Praise God. People ask, why don't we see God? After listening to this, have this has it gone through your mind? Why is it that I am not seeing God? Could it be because we are not pure in our heart? Because if Jesus said, the pure in heart shall see God, will see God, and I'm not seeing him, does that mean that it's an issue of purity in my heart? Are we saying that we are lost? No, we're not saying we are lost. We are saved by grace, but the vision might be obscured. By the things of this world, our vision for him might be impaired by the things that the world throws at us. Praise God. So if we have blown it big time, what do we do? We'll tap into the provision that the Lord has for us. Unfortunately, we have, we have pushed it aside. The provisions we have put it aside for people who we call as sinners, people who are in the world. No. First John chapter 1 verse, First John chapter 2 verse 1 and 2. We need to read it. Hmm. The, the provision is for us also as believers. Do you know how John starts that words? Can somebody read that? First John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. My dear children, uh, I write this to you woo, so that you will not sin. Okay. I write to you, this is what is expected that you do not sin, but, 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 if, yes. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. There are people who read this verse and say, it's not for us. It's not for us. It's not for the believers. It's for the world. But John is very clear. John is very clear. Says it's not only for us, but also for the world. But we always just pass it to the world. You guys take care of it. We are free from it. No. We as believers, as Christians, as dear children of God, praise the Lord. We have to tap into this provision that is available for us. Cleansing that is needed in our lives. Praise the Lord. Approaching the throne of grace because we have an advocate in Jesus 
who is interceding on our behalf, seated at the right hand of the Father. Praise the Lord. So what do we do if we have blown it big time? As you're seated here and realize that, oh, I am not pure in heart. What do we do? We approach the throne of grace and ask him, tell him, talk to him, saying, Lord, you know, I'm not all, uh, all right. There is, this, there is this side to me that is not pure. Now don't look at your neighbor, just look into yourself. A father and son was driving on their truck. As they were driving, driving through the countryside, they saw fields that was full of pumpkins. And Thanksgiving was coming. The father stops at one field and tells the son, son, keep a sharp eye. I'm going to go and get a ripe pumpkin. The son with his eyes started looking to the right, to the left, and the father just goes into the field and he gets a ripe pumpkin. Picks it up and he calls out to his son again, son, make sure nobody's watching us. Keep, make sure that nobody's coming. Look to the right, to the left. The son called out and said, Father, do I need to look up? Do you know the difference between Moses and Joseph? They both lived in the same culture. Not in the same time, same culture. It's known as the Egyptian culture. The Egyptian culture said, you look to the right, you look to the left. Nobody sees us, do it. And that's the culture of the world. So Moses looked to the right, he looked to the left. Nobody was watching him. Boom! Whacked a guy. Dug up a hole, put him in there, covered it with sand. That's it. Joseph also you lived in the same culture. Joseph, before looking to the left, to the right... He looked up. Joseph had a different culture. He had a counterculture. The heavenly culture is a counterculture to the worldly culture. That means it's a four-dimension look. Not only look to the left and to the right, you look up and you look inside. And Joseph employed the upper look and the inner look. When he looked up, he realized that even if nobody saw him on the right or the left, the one on the high is looking at him. And he said, how can I sin against my God first? That's the counterculture. You and I live in a counterculture, a heavenly culture that is counterculture to the culture of this world. This world says if nobody's watching, do it. Heaven is saying I am always watching. So when we forget that heaven is watching, it affects the quality. Hello. It's a QC time. It's a quality check time. When we forget that heaven is watching, it affects the percentage. Purity. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But thank God for the provision that the Lord has given us. 
that we can confess our sins and we can repent and we can come back to him. Repentance is turning away from sin and turning to God. Praise God. And this morning in our quest to see God, in our quest to have a pure heart, praise God. Hallelujah. We have the provision that is able that we can tap into. Once we turn to God, we have to maintain it. We have to maintain our Christian life. How do you maintain your Christian life? Every 5,000 miles, you go for a maintenance. Some vehicle, you only have to go 10,000 miles. Some believers don't, don't believe in maintenance. How, how are we with our maintenance? What is it that we need to do? We need to, we need to spend time in communication with him. We need to saturate ourselves with the word of God. Praise God. We need to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, spirit-led, spirit-directed, spirit-controlled. We need to immerse ourselves in fellowship. What is fellowship? Fellowship is not just simply partying. Partying is good. I love it. It's a party season now. But your fellowship Number one, primary fellowship with him, with him, and with each other. Last night we had fellowship here. It's called encounter. I thank God for all those who came. Our sister, Dr. Asha Joshua, gave a very powerful word. I wish that all of you were here. Last night I shared it with our board members. Because I was expecting at least all of them here, but most of them are not here. So what are we saying? Fellowship is important for us to have a good, strong maintenance. Maintain our relationship with him. Maintain our heart. We keep it pure. Praise God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So points to ponder. What are some of the points to ponder? Are our motives pure? The problem is we look at someone else and we think, oh, his motives, her motives, are they pure? No. We look into ourselves and ask ourselves because only us, we can fix it by the help of God. Are our motives pure? Whether it's ministry, whether it's home, whether it's family, wherever we are, God wants our motives to be pure. Number two, are they tainted in any manner, in any degree? Again, God knows and we, I, you, we, us, we know, are they tainted? Praise the Lord. Have I seen God? Well, fix the heart. You will see God. Praise God. Do I have a desire to see God? When was the last time you heard him? Jesus said, my sheep heareth my voice. It's real. When was the last time you had a hunger and a passion and a drive to be in his presence? It's real. Am I driven or passionate for him? Praise God. 
Shall we pray as the psalmist prayed? Give us clean, give us clean hands. Give us a pure heart. Praise God. All eyes closed. God wants us to behold his face. Yes, in the future, when Jesus comes, we will see him face to face. But today, he wants you and I to have an experience with him. Praise God as we linger in his presence. The pure in heart shall see God. Can we ask Lord, Lord, I bring my heart to you. Can you place your heart on the altar? Can you place your heart on the altar? Can you allow the light of God's word to shine into our hearts? Can we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts? Lord, if there are impure motives, mind you, the Bible says, it's not just what you do, it's why you do. All a man's way seems innocent to him in meaning. All our ways and our actions are justified by ourselves. But God doesn't just go with that. He says that he weighs the motives of our heart. When he may weighs our motives, how would it fare before him? What would he say? What would he write about me and you. Lord, we yield our lives to you. Holy Spirit, we pray that we will cultivate a habit of lingering in your presence, allowing the light of God's word to shine into every nook and corners of our heart and remove every impure motives from us so that our hearts in every realms of our lives will be pure before you. And you have promised us that those whose hearts are pure are blessed for they shall see God. Allow us to behold the beauty of your holiness. Allow us to gaze into the beauty of your holiness. Allow us to gaze into the radiance of your glory. They that looked to you, their faces were radiant and they were not ashamed. Father, we pray that we would have such a desire, a passion to behold your beauty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.